Welcome to uh, the Transportation Authority of Marin Board of Commissioners meeting on June 22nd, 2023. I am Brian Colbert, Chair. Jennifer, can we have a roll call, please? Commissioner Blaustein, absent. Commissioner Carmel. Uh, here. Commissioner Carroll. Here. Commissioner Collin. Present. Commissioner Catrano. Present. Commissioner Eklund. Present. Commissioner Fredericks. Here. Commissioner Chemnitzer. Absent. Commissioner Cool. Here. Commissioner Malton Peters. Here. Commissioner Ravazio. Here. Commissioner Rice. Here. Commissioner Rodoni. Here. Commissioner Sackett. Here. Vice Chair Lucan. Here. Chair Colbert. Here. Great, you have a quorum. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Can you provide the public participation announcements? Yes. This meeting will be conducted as a hybrid meeting. A Zoom webinar link has been provided as well as accommodations for in-person attendance. There are a number of ways that the public may participate in today's discussion. For members of the public participating in person, the board chair will recognize persons from the audience who wish to address the board during public open time or on a particular agenda item at the time that that item is considered by the board. Members of the public participating by Zoom may provide verbal comment on any item during the open time for that particular item by using the raised hand feature or dialing star nine and waiting to be called upon to provide your comment. Meeting related comments may also be sent to info at tam.ca.gov and will be read when the specific agenda item is considered by the board and will become part of the public record. Please note that there is a two minute limit per comment. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. So now we move on to agenda item one, which is the chair's report, which is my report. So following last month's discussion of the countywide transportation plan, I am announcing the formation of a new ad hoc committee, the countywide transportation plan ad hoc, which is being formed to help guide the CTP process. The members will be supervisor, actually commissioner, uh, commissioners Rodoni, uh, Moulton Peters, uh, commissioner Farak, and commissioner Mayor Kate, and myself. So thank you all for agreeing to serve. Uh, the ad hoc expected to meet several times as needed over the next 18 month course of the TPD development, important plan decisions and deliverables will also be brought to the executive committee and the full board as necessary. The other report I have is, as you know, State Route 37 is an incredibly uh, complicated and interesting project and probably a tremendous intersection between uh, congestion management and um, an opportunity to set a foundational reconnecting of the bay with the wetlands. I was invited by the San Anselmo Climate Action Committee to give a report on that. Um, highlighting the environmental concerns and opportunities. It was incredibly uh, well received, and I would like to thank uh, Pam staff, particularly uh, ED Chair Ann Richmond and Nick, who's not here for their help in the presentation. Uh, I look forward to presenting to other climate action committees throughout Marin and would encourage my fellow commissioners to uh, do the same. It's really great. So that is my uh, only two uh, updates right now. Jennifer, do we have any public comment, which this evening and henceforth is now limited to two minutes? Nothing uh, in the chambers, anything online? Uh, yes. Clayton Smith, please unmute. 
I'd like to comment on Tuesday evening's meeting in Mill Valley uh, concerning the rebuild of the interchange at Strawberry. It was held upstairs in a small room without air conditioning, which faced the sunset. It was hot and stuffy. Noisy fans had to be deployed to re restore some comfort to the folks attending. Also, there were not enough chairs deployed, even though a large stack of chairs were right outside the door in the adjacent hallway. The speaker had an English accent and a very soft voice. He definitely needed a microphone to be heard properly, and none was present. The smallish screen was too close to the projector to reveal the uh, graphic information details clearly. I and I think others thought the event was to present some solutions to the complex circulation problems at the interchange. Instead, it was rather an event uh, requesting suggestions from the community uh, to be, which I found very unhelpful, and I thought most other people did too. At the end of the event, your staff did the usual thing, manning the posters and stands and talking to some of the attendees after the formal presentation was over. The ex-mayor of Mill Valley provided essentially the only really useful insights during the meeting, and he was part of the audience. It was not well attended, probably due to a lack of notice to the public. It's widely uh, understood in our community, I think, and agreed to, that the problems of circulation in Southern Marin, uh, uh, to fix them, you need to fix first the 580 interchange at Sir Francis Drake. It's the primary source of the endless bottlenecks we suffer with. Why it has gone on so many years is really a political issue of the first order. Thank you. From Commissioner Stephanie Milton Peters. I did not bring my MTC report. I just forgot, and I'm really embarrassed and sorry. I will bring one next month. Well, uh, I will apologize for not recognizing the incredible work you're doing on the budget. So thank you for that. We'll now move on to the Marine Transit Report from Commissioner Rice. Yes, I have a report from Marine Transit. <laughs> Um, actually, just just one item, um, actually a couple bullets on one item, and it's about the Marin Transit free fare promotions that are happening this summer. The first is the Youth Ride Free program, which um, runs through the months of June, July, and August. Marin Transit and the transit agencies in Sonoma County have joined forces and we're, um, are offering free fares for all the entire summer for youth ages 18 and under. The second free fair program is um, during the county fair. And let's see, um, so Marin Transit will be offering free fares from June 30th through July 4th. This promotion is for all riders on all local Marin Transit routes and is also a partnership with SMART. So Marin Transit and SMART will be adding service to the Civic Center and fairgrounds to accommodate the higher ridership during the fair. Both programs are intended to attract new riders and to the transit services and to thank loyal riders who ride transit regularly and to reduce congestion in and around the fair during fair days and uh, during the summer months. That's the end of my report. Thank you so much. We'll now move on to the SMART report 
from Commissioner Lucan. Thank you, Chair Colbert. Uh, a couple quick updates. Uh, not that our general manager at SMART or our board is competitive, but uh, we were very proud to announce that they uh, took over the number one spot for uh, transit agencies in ridership return um, post-pandemic uh, for the month of uh, May. Uh, ridership is continuing to go on the right trajectory. Uh, last Friday, um, SMART launched their SMART Connect um, micro transit a fully electric shuttle uh, near the Santa Rosa Airport Station. Uh, Ann Richmond, our executive director, was there um, for that celebration. Um, I know for TAM, we'll learn a lot from the pilot that SMART is doing as we're always looking at first last mile connection. Uh, it was a great celebration and uh, a pilot project, so we'll learn a lot about that. A fully electric shuttle um, uh, on demand. Um, at the airport station to provide connection to the airport and the surrounding business park and community there. Um, also another positive news from SMART, the California Transportation Commission uh, has recommended $30 million for SMART uh, for the Windsor extension as a part of their solutions for congested corridor program. That'll be fully voted on by the CTC uh, coming up next week. Uh, so we'll be monitoring that closely. Uh, and then also with the Marin County Fair coming up, uh, SMART is going to be providing uh, late trains. Uh, thank you, Supervisor or Commissioner Sackett uh, for assisting with that request. Um, so if you're looking for ways to get to and from the fair, uh, rest assured the train will be there uh, after fireworks uh, should you or your family stay for the whole evening. Uh, that's it from SMART. Thank you for that report. Public comment, none in the chambers. Jennifer, any online? I don't see any hands raised at this time, Chair. Thank you. We'll move on to item number three, the executive director's report. Okay, thank you, Chair. Good evening, everyone. Nice to see you all. Uh, I have a few items to share with you, some of which have been mentioned, so I'll go quickly through those parts. But um, wanted to start with some exciting news that the California Transportation Foundation earlier this month awarded the North-South Greenway Gap Closure Project as the Active Transportation Project of the Year. Uh, TAM had submitted a nomination in partnership with Caltrans and the city of Larkspur. This is the project that opened over the summer last year and uh, connects um, the pathways south of Cordomadera Creek with uh, those north of the creek, including the smart station, the ferry terminal, regional and local bus connections, and uh, many other points of interest. Um, the awards were presented at the CTF Roaring Twenties themed award ceremony in Sacramento earlier this month. And I have to say, uh, I'm pretty excited and proud that the agency has received uh, this statewide honor. And I would just like to offer congratulations and appreciation to the project team, uh, including our project manager, Bill Whitney, uh, and all the staff at the design firms, the construction, folks, uh, our funding partners, and the community uh, who all share in this award. And if you're around the TAM offices, you'll get to see the nice little glass uh, trophy, if you will. Next slide. Uh, some progress to report on the Marin-Sonoma Narrows project. Uh, if you've been up in that part of the county, you probably noticed over the June 10th weekend, Caltrans and the contractor successfully switched the southbound traffic to a temporary alignment in the newly constructed center median lanes. Uh, so this shift uh, makes room to begin construction on the southbound lanes, uh, which is called phase two, and that's expected to take about nine months. And then the northbound traffic will be moved to the median so that work can commence on the final northbound lanes, and that's called phase three. 
this project in Marin County is the last remaining high occupancy vehicle or HOV lane construction on the 17 mile Marin Sonoma Narrows program and uh, will complete continuous HOV lanes on 101 from Sausalito to Windsor in Sonoma County. And uh, this portion of the project, the B7 portion is scheduled to open for use in mid 2025. Next slide. Uh, so one of the commenters earlier noted, uh, TAM is working on planning for three Marin County interchanges and these have been selected for advancement under the Highway 101 interchange and approaching roadway study, which is an element of the Measure AA sales tax expenditure plan. The three interchanges uh, undergoing that detailed planning are SR 131 Tiburon Boulevard, East Blythedale, Manuel Freitas Parkway, Civic Center Drive, and Alameda Del Prado, Nave Drive. And um, we are looking at not just improvements to uh, traffic at these interchanges, but also improvements to safety, transit, bicycle, pedestrian access, um, and other sort of associated nearby uh, up upgrades as well. Many of these interchanges were designed decades ago and really are not um, in shape to handle today's volumes. So the idea of these um, workshops is to gather community input on the scope of the improvements. <clears throat> As noted, the first workshop was held earlier this week in Mill Valley. We had about 25 members of the public there, uh, plus Commissioners Fredericks and Carmel, Mill Valley Council Member Burke, former Mill Valley Mayor McCauley, and Tiburon Mayor uh, Ryan. And um, we do note the comments and we'll do our best on the future meetings to make the rooms more comfortable as much as we can. Um, and if you missed this workshop, there are two more. Uh, June 28th in San Rafael and July 13th in Novato. And while each workshop focuses on the interchange in that area, they do provide information about all three locations at every workshop. And uh, there's definitely more information on our website and comments can be provided there as well. Next slide. Uh, I'm also pleased to uh, note that earlier this month, June 13th, um, TAM and the Sonoma County Transportation Authority or SCTA released a request for proposals for uh, the development, launch, and operation of a pilot bike share micromobility program in the two counties along the Smart Rail Corridor. Uh, you may recall we have been working on this for a while and are happy to uh, be at this point of uh, relaunching it. Maybe happy is not the right word, but anyway, uh, appreciate the progress in continuing on with the program. I'll say that. Um, the proposals are due by 5 p.m. on August 14th, and we'll be evaluating those over the fall and would return to the board after that for any needed actions or updates. Next slide. Um, on the grant side, you may remember that every other year, TAM solicits project applications with funds from the Transportation Fund for Clean Air from the Air District, for projects that reduce emissions and from uh, Transit Transportation Development Act Article 3 funds from MTC, which are geared towards bicycle and pedestrian improvements. Uh, the call for projects makes available approximately $1.3 million. And uh, we've notified local agencies of this opportunity and applications will be due on July 18th. And following that, we'll evaluate uh, the applications and expect to bring recommendations to the board in September and October, September or October. Next slide. Also in grants news, because sometimes we are the grantor and sometimes we are receiving grants. And uh, in this case, uh, we are expecting to 
um, be approved for a grant for $400,000 from MTC as part of their Mobility Hubs planning program. And uh, the grant award would support TAM in developing mobility hub plans at Marin's Rail and Ferry Stations. Uh, this was already approved at the MTC Planning Committee earlier in the month, and we're not really aware of any issues going forward. You may ask, what is a mobility hub? And uh, in general, it's a place in a community that brings together public transit, uh, other services like bike share or car share, and other ways for people to get where they want to go without a private vehicle. So our grant will develop mobility hub plans at each of these locations and will also help meet the station area's access requirements for compliance with MTC's transit-oriented community policy. Um, so we will, of course, be coordinating the development of these plans with the transit operators and with the local jurisdictions. And uh, if the grant is awarded as expected, um, the funds will take a few months to process. Uh, so probably towards the end of the fiscal year, and then the work itself is expected to take about a year. Next, sorry, end of the calendar year, I should have said. Um, speaking of planning, uh, Caltrans District 4 is updating the um, Bay Area bike plan. This was last done in 2018. And they have a public survey all uh, open now for comment and feedback. Um, they're developing this in cooperation with local and regional partners um, to ensure that improvements on the state highway system work with um, local proposals uh, for local bike networks. So uh, the Caltrans vision is that by 2040, people in California of all ages, abilities, and incomes can safely, conveniently, and comfortably bike for their everyday needs. Um, and we have the link to the survey shown here and in the written report. And it's probably on their website as well. Uh, planning must be in the air because the Golden Gate Bridge District is also requesting public input. Uh, they are developing a district strategic plan. And um, as we exit the pandemic, while recreational and tourist travel has mostly returned, commute travel has not. So uh, the district is... Uh, thinking about um, their future and seeking public input on what should be their strategic focus. So uh, we have a link here to their webpage, uh, which provides more information about their process. As Commissioner Lucan mentioned, um, last Friday, SMART held their ribbon cutting event. Uh, I have to say it was pretty fun, a lot of excitement at the event. And uh, we're especially interested in seeing how this pilot goes. And we know that SMART will be monitoring it as well um, to determine you know, its success or any tweaks and whether there may be similar opportunities at other stations too. Next slide. This is our monthly chart with um, the recent and upcoming community events, um, bringing to your attention a few things. Uh, so the interchange public workshops are listed here. The Marin County Fair is listed here as well because TAM is supporting um, a transportation electrification area at the fair along with staff from the county and MCE. And uh, as Commissioner Rice noted, um, the Marin Transit fixed route service will be free for the five days of the fair, not just to youth, to everyone. Um, and there will be additional buses and extended hours for both the local service and uh, the smart rail as well, uh, so that people can get home after the fireworks. Um, also in uh, turning to state news now, uh, just we like to show this chart uh, that indicates the SB1 funding for local streets and roads infrastructure. 
Uh, SB1 was passed in 2017, and it does provide uh, additional annual funding for the local streets and roads program to address maintenance on the local system. Um, and uh, on July 1st of each year, local agencies are required to submit their list of projects to the California Transportation Commission for the coming year's funding. And then CTC is scheduled to approve the lists um, in October. So this table shows the estimated funding for Marin agencies in the coming fiscal year. And you can see here that um, the SB1 funds make a big difference. They are almost double the uh, pre-SB1 state gas tax subventions. So the total estimated amount for the county is a little over $21 million. Next slide, this is the last one. And I just wanna note that attached is the Caltrans monthly project report uh, for Marin County. And with that, I'd be happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Ann. Let's see, any commissioner questions? Commissioner Walton-Peters. Thank you. Ann, could you repeat, do we have locations for the mobility hubs? Can you repeat that information? Uh, the the hubs that are included in TAM's um, grant application were all of the smart rail stations and all of the ferry stations. So Sausalito, Larkspur, Tiburon, and then the smart stations. Great. Thank you. And then I just want to take the opportunity um, to congratulate Bill Whitney again. That is a wonderful bike project. If you haven't had a chance to ride across Cord Madera Creek, it was terrible before, and it is really nice now. So nice job, Bill. I know that was a challenge, and you did it. So congrats. Uh, Commissioner Catrano? Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, one question, Ann. Um, with regard to the Caltrans Bay Area Bike Plan, I'm sure this is going to come up later in the agenda as well, but um, how do how does TAM interface with that, that planning? Uh, I think in 2018, we were actually on the Technical Advisory Committee. I'm not, did we sign up to do that again this time? I'm seeing nodding. So yeah, we'll be participating in the process in that way. Right on. Okay, thank you very much. No other commissioner comments. Thanks again, and congratulations, Bill, on a, on a job well done. That has been a long time coming, and we certainly appreciate your efforts. Moving on to public comment. Chamber remains eerily silent. Jennifer, anything online? Chair, I, I don't see any hands raised at this time. Excellent. Thank you so much. We'll now move on to open time for public expression. Up to two minutes per speaker on items not on the agenda that are within the subject matter of our agency's jurisdiction. While members of the public are welcome to address the board under the Brown Act, board members may not deliberate or take action on items not on the agenda and generally may only listen. Jennifer, anything online? Chair, I don't see any hands raised at this time. Thank you so much. We'll now move on to our consent calendar. Item number five. Do commissioners have any changes they care to make to the consent agenda? Yeah, these are a night. There you go. Hi. Uh, can everybody hear me? We can. Okay, great. Um, so I just wanted to uh, call to the attention of the um, TAM committee that um, on item uh, number, I can't get it here. Um, Is it item F? Item F, adopt positions um, on new bills. Um, one of the new bills that's, a, that's under the watch of AB 99, um, 
that's Damon's bill. And I just wanted to urge this committee to um, uh, the appropriate time to move it from a watch position to a support position. Um, this is where Damon's bill is um, asking Caltrans if the county or a city has designated a non-pesticide area that the Caltrans should respect that. Our MCCMC legislative committee has taken a support position. And so it's kind of weird that one uh, part of Bren County, all the cities support it, and all the cities that are represented here on TAM have put it on a watch. So I would just encourage this committee either tonight or in the future uh, to consider a support position on AB 99. Thank you for those comments, Pat. Any additional commissioner comments? Chair Colbert, if I can speak to that, we did bring that up at our um, executive committee, Com Commissioner um, Eklund, and I would agree with you. We had the discussion on whether or not AB 99 fell under the sort of auspice of a transportation commission, um, and there was a little bit of dialogue back and forth, um, and kind of the consensus was that it didn't. Um, but I also think we've put it on the metrics um, uh, for of TAM bills. So I would support a, a motion today to change that from a watch to a support position on AB 99. Great. So then I, then I will make the motion to support AB 99. And the reason is, I think, number one, we need to do this because pesticide use is, um, you know, we need to really limit that. And then secondly, it is supporting Damon. And Damon is doing a lot for Marin and, and Sonoma County. And, and thirdly, it's on the watch list. <laughs> so it, if we're not going to support it tonight, then I suggest we take it off the watch list so it doesn't look like we're not supporting him and his bills. Thank you. Pull this off consent. Uh, do I see uh, Commissioner Rice? Yeah, no, thank you. And I just want to, um, I'm on the executive committee as well. And the county also has um, submitted a letter uh, in support of the bill. And our discussion was that it just, what falls other, other, under the auspices of um, the Transportation Commission versus the local jurisdictions. And our conversation on that day was that given all the jurisdictions are supporting, it's really not necessary for TAM to, nor does it, and, and are we spilling into other areas is there a slippery slope, what have you? I don't have any objection to a support position, but it uh, didn't, I, I don't think it ever should have been on our list, frankly, but even, yeah. Commissioner Fredericks. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, yes, I, I think the issue was whether it is within the scope of advocacy of a transportation committee, because it's not a transportation uh, uh, related issue. I think uh, most of us support it, and we certainly support it in our local jurisdictions. Um, broadening the scope of advocacy uh, with everything else we have to do can sometimes be a problem, but if there's an insistence on addressing this, I'm okay with it. Um, Vice Chair Lucan. I was just going to suggest that you know maybe we should just take a motion on the or pull this consent item, uh, take a motion on the regular consent, and then have a discussion on this item. It's not like there's already a motion and a second. I'm going to just do it do it that way. Yeah. So what, you want to just move the rest of consent at this time? Uh, so I'm uh, hearing uh, Commissioner Eklund. Do you want to pull item F from the consent? Uh, yes. All right. So I'll go ahead and make a motion that we approve the remainder of the of uh, the consent calendar, and then we could talk about item F uh, right after that. Second by Rodoni. 
First by Lucan, second by Rodoni. We're all in the room. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? None. Passes. Now we're back to F. We've had uh, Commissioner Cool. Oh, sorry. Um, so we now have, uh, let's see, that light is for Commissioner Carroll? No. So, you know, we had um, just a recap. We had a, a spirited debate at the XCOM, and it, we, we, so I think Commissioner Rice sort of summed it up quite well that while the county had taken a position and it appears MCC has taken a position, did Tam sort of want to wander off in this? I tend to think that it probably should not have been on the ledge calendar too. Um, I'm, uh, but now, now that it is, <laughs> or we just like, I mean, and remind me or some of my fellow commissioners, we're sort of early in the cycle and we're sort of, sort of watching a lot of stuff now anyway, right? Like it was not actionable at this time. Am I correct on that end? Uh, I mean, bills are are moving through the two chambers over the course of the summer. We have a number of watch positions. It doesn't necessarily mean support or oppose or concern. Sometimes the language is still under development. So it, it, it can mean different things. So if you wanted to leave it as watch until next month, I think that's probably okay and reconsider in the future. Or if you wanted to take an action tonight to change it, that's okay too. I'm tending to sort of, we sort of leave it as a watch now and go back to the XCOM and let them hash it out with our ledge guy. But I see, Urban, you want to weigh in. Yeah, so I'm on this committee as well. So we didn't debate whether it's under the purview of Sam. It didn't seem like it did. And that's why we left it at watch. But I, I take Pat's point as, you know, as being a good one. Damon's our local guy. He's our state representative. You know, we support him. He supports us. This is, I think we're mincing words here. I'd say we just move it to support. So we have, uh, at this point, I'm going to make that motion. Is there a second? I would second and also just state that it is Caltrans, so it's not completely unrelated to, to transportation. I think it, it is a transportation agency. So I would second the motion to change AB 99 from a watch to a support. All right, now we're going to listen to Commissioner Renoni. Thank you. So I'm very supportive of this, of doing this tonight and moving it to the support list. But I wanted to caution everyone because our experience in West Marin over the last 50 years is once we pass a no pesticide uh, requirement on the roadsides out there, they stop doing maintenance. And we've been suffering ever since. Hopefully this bill becomes more, um, much more broader and Caltrans uh, shifts their head around a little bit and starts dealing with this on a, on a basis that's non, non-toxic, it would be much better for everyone. But I wanted everyone here to know that we've suffered for 50 years because of the choice we made in the 80s. Well, thank you for that. And with that, we have a, a first by Eklund, a second by Sacklett. All in favor? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Passes. We now move on to item six. And this is the adoption of the proposed TAM fiscal year 2023-24 annual budget. I will now open uh, the public hearing on the proposed TAM fiscal year 2023-2024 annual budget. Uh, since the draft budget was posted on TAM's website on May 9th, 2023, for the required 30-day public inspection and a public comment notification was published, 
In the Marin Independent Journal on June 1st, 2023, we're having a public hearing to further provide opportunity for public comments. Therefore, I'm opening the public hearing. Following the hearing, the board will consider the adoption of the fiscal year 2023-2024 budget. Open the hearing. Whew. Any public comment in the chamber? Jennifer, any public comment online? Chair, I don't see any hands raised at this time. I will now close the hearing. The hearing is now closed. We now move on to 6B, adoption of the proposed TAM fiscal year 2023-2024 annual budget. This item is for the uh, consideration and approval of the budget. We now turn to staff for the presentation. Lee, welcome. See a chart again. Working. Okay, great. Good evening, uh, Chair and Commissioners. Um, so uh, while Jennifer is helping me pull up the slides, um, next one, please. So this actually is the last step of our um, review of the FY23-24 annual budget. I think since uh, March of this year, the board um, have been hearing from me at a various meeting, uh, starting with the revenue review in March. And then during April, we had the draft budget together. And May, we took the draft budget to the executive committee meeting. And then, as Chair mentioned, released it for public comment at the May board meeting. So today, tonight is our last step, which is really close the public comment period and also um, adopt the final budget. So um, as I mentioned, um, the board have been hearing from me at various meeting for a few times now. So tonight's presentation, we're actually going to do, um, do a different format. Ian and I were actually going to team up. So while I spent a few minutes to provide a quick update, um, a few of the items related to the budget, as well as the economy and actually take over and present the work items, the exciting part for the upcoming year. With that, um, next slide, please. So a very quick reminder, um, our budget document includes four main components, the executive director's message, uh, which provide an overview of TAM's budget uh, situation and highlight prior accomplishments as, a, as well as major projects planned for the upcoming year. And then we have the general budget overview, which is the process, the timeline. Um, then we have the annual budget, which is specific for the, for the upcoming year budget numbers, um, projects, um, and also expenditures by category. Um, and the final component of the budget is the work plan by function. Um, next slide, please. So for our 23-24 budget, we are looking at exciting year with actually pretty high revenue number as well as expenditure, which means a lot of major projects and programs planned for the upcoming year. Our total uh, revenue, we're looking at a little over $50 million and our total expenditure, we're looking at a little over $62 million. Um, I think this is the highest year this agency had um, so far. And um, moving to the next slides. So this uh, slides actually highlight a couple of the major revenue items as well as expenditure item for the upcoming year. Our sales tax is still going strong. Um, we are still projecting a positive increase for the upcoming year. We're going to reach a new high at almost $36 million. And then hope is that we'll at least continue for the upcoming year. And our measure B revenue, it's a little bit different. We are suffering a little. Um, maybe that's because we're doing a really good job trying to get people out of the car. So we are seeing a little decrease on that revenue, but it is a relative small revenue as um, the board understands. Um, in terms of MTC planning funds, um, we actually have um, a higher 
uh, planning grants expected from MTC. Um, part of the reason is because the countywide transportation plan that will be funded by most by MTC planning grants. And also exciting news about ARMS3. So we are moving some of the projects that are eligible to ARMS3 um, to be funded directly by ARMS3 and getting reimbursed it, uh, in the upcoming year. Um, another exciting um, revenue source is the Marine City earmark from the state. Um, so we are actually expecting that $10 million check from the state very soon. Um, but the, in terms of expenditure, uh, in terms of revenue, we can actually realize for the upcoming year, we're looking at $3 million that ties to the work that we expect to accomplish uh, in the upcoming year. Our interest revenue right now, we're looking at close to $1.8 million. Um, but as I mentioned, we're expecting that $10 million check from the state and as well as the additional $20 million. So if those two checks both showed up, um, I think our interest revenue for the upcoming year will uh, surpass $3 million. Um, keep in mind, those interest revenue, we probably have to keep it for, you know, for the project that um, itself. But it is still exciting to have that money. Um, in terms of major expenditure item, as we listed here, transit. So Morin Transit with the um, ending of the federal um, support. So they are looking at dip into prior year accumulated fund balance. So they will be asking over $21 million for the upcoming year uh, for, for the operation and capital needs. And then major roads project, we are expected to deliver another $8 million work in the upcoming year. Um, which is exciting. And local streets and roads, uh, close to $7 million will be distributed to the local jurisdictions. And then same with Safe House to School, um, the education portion, we're looking at $1.26 The board just approved the um, uh, contract to um, to to the new, um, I guess, the, safe, the same Safe House to School education team. And then also the Safeway, Safe Pathway project, that's the capital components we're expecting over a million dollar project will be finished upcoming year. Uh, same thing with crossing guards on new contract, um, two point, two point, a little over $2 million it's expect to be spent for the upcoming year. Um, major capital project professional support, that's over six, uh, $3 million, mostly on Balaam project, um, as well as the 101580 multimodal local access project. Um, and also uh, the design component, the uh, A1 design on state out 37. Um, major interagency agreement, those are the funding we gave out to local uh, agencies to support our projects and programs. We're looking at um, a little close to $5 million um, for three major projects, MSN, B7 construction, Cartrans, um, State Route 37, as well as Marine City fault mitigation project. So those are the major revenue and expenditure plan uh, items we have coming up. Next slide, please. So in terms, again, quick economic update, um, you know, it is kind of feels kind of feel like we're hearing the same thing over and over again. Um, I think when I reported back in March, the UCLA uh, update survey was a 50-50% chance in terms of whether we're going to looking at recession towards the end of the year. And this is from the June update. Um, so you can see the numbers are changing a little bit, but not that much. So, you know, among all those top uh, economists, you're looking at a recession in quarter three, 2023 at a 40% um, likelihood and no recession, but perhaps perhaps later at 58. Um, so in terms of what's going on with the economy, again, very quickly, uh, I think it's still same uh, items we are looking at. Um, the banking crisis, it's kind of over, but it's not really. And we have the housing market. 
um, you know, marine housing market is still doing well, but whether it's going to be totally stabilized, um, nobody knows for sure. And office building, it is obviously the most troubled sector of the commercial real estate, but we also hear more and more major employers are required um, employees to go back to work. Um, so it's going to be interesting whether that can save um, the commercial um, real estate market in terms of office space. Uh, inflation concern is still there, obviously getting better. Um, then you got the geopolitical conflicts, um, labor market strong, but we you know hear tech layoff um, all the time now. The tourists are mostly back, um, but unfortunately, I think the Chinese tourists that the UC LA economists are counting on, I'm not sure they're coming back, based, at least based on my experience with my friends back home. I think Europe seems like it's the, it's the top choice for them for the summer. Um, so it is going to be interesting to see how um, that will go. Um, anyway, so we will definitely watch everything closely. Um, again, as we reported, Maureen Moraine County, fortunately, we do have a different demographic economic base. So I think even things do really um, start to go south. Um, I think this county probably will weather it a little better. Um, but we will watch everything closely. And if necessary, we'll bring any budget uh, adjustment back to the board timely. So moving to the next slides. So quickly, I um, just want to highlight what changed since, since the budget was re uh, released for the board's review back in May. So the main item here uh, in terms of the number change to the budget, it's really we increased the EV budget, the measure um, B3.3 budget for the EV charging station and, and EV outreach from 250 um, to 336. This is really exciting news because the TAM uh, high school district is actually going to uh, put out 42 chargers in the upcoming year. And based on our understanding, additional 100 might be in planning, uh, in plan. So, which is um, very good news. Um, and then in terms expected amendment, um, we will have a couple of major items. Once MTC flash out the whole arms three related revenue and expenditure process. Um, so because we are uh, the recipient of the arms three revenue, even though um, MTC actually, if you remember, gave us state fund, uh, federal funding to cover the construction of MSN. Um, but the process MTC has in place, that revenue will have to flow through our budget and then we have to pay them back. Um, so if that's the case, we will have to re uh, revise our budget. It will have a basically a, you know, in and out uh, offset each other, but we'll increase our total budget number. Um, the other... Um, potential um, revenues, um, the good news, well, the news we're waiting, obviously, on the raise funding for the Bellum project. If we actually end up receiving that grants, that will require us to amend our budget to reflect those. And also, and just mentioned the, mobile, uh, the mobility hub grants. Uh, once we have the final uh, grant documents and have the work planned, we will come back and amend the budget to reflect that. So those are the uh, expected changes to the budget. Um, next slide, please. So um, this slide's actually is different. It's probably different than what you have in the original presentation. We updated today to reflect all the letters, the public comment letters we received so far. Um, I do want um, you know point out, as you can see, we received a total of six public comment and five of them are focused on the EV spending. Um, I want to report to the board that Anne and I actually together or separately reach out to um, those group and our staff is on, 
um, ongoing communication with the group. We really appreciate all the UV community support of TAM's work. And also we appreciate all the suggestions to provide us in terms of what we can focus on. Uh, I do wanna take this opportunity to point out again, our document is a live document. So um, as some of the EV um, comment letter addressed already, um, we have been, we have the ability to adjust our budget if there is a determined needs uh, coming up uh, among the, during the middle of the year. And the TAM board also always have the authority to direct staff to make those changes if necessary. Um, so in terms, the last comment on the list, which is um, the comment from Ms. Smith during our executive committee meeting, just want to report back to the to the board that staff reached out to Ms. Mr. Smith, and then we are definitely prepared to you know provide the necessary information to address his questions. So I think that's all I have in terms of update um, and from the last meeting, and then I'm going to turn up to Anne to cover the work plans. Thank you, Lee. So. Um... I get to uh, set aside the numbers for a moment and talk about the uh, the work that we're expecting to deliver in the next year. And um, just overall, you know, one of the main functions of TAM is to deliver what's in the expenditure plans for measures A, 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 and B. And so a lot of what we do is continuing to advance those projects and the programs and the plans that are called for. Um, this year, we also have uh, kind of a new opportunity to implement the amendments to the Measure B expenditure plan that this board approved earlier this year. So we'll be bringing information on those details to you starting next month. Um, and then in addition, just continuing to support local efforts where we are providing funds for projects or services um, and you know our, our relationships with all those local agencies. So in addition to that, of course, uh, public agencies, including TAM, are continuing to adapt post-COVID, and this will affect work across several areas, including things like traffic monitoring, um, the economy and our budget, as Lee just described, outreach and communication, some of our internal policies and operations. Um, and then, of course, we are looking to the future with a number of our efforts, including the countywide transportation plan, our sea level rise planning, equity work, multi-agency collaborations, uh, developing the project pipeline, and then pursuing funding opportunities for plans and projects coming on board. So I do want to take a minute to walk through some of the details by functional unit. So if you could go to the next slide, please. Um, so starting with the admin and finance team, uh, this group continues to uh, put together the packets and support the TAM board in a lot of ways, uh, as well as our uh, Bicycle and Pedestrian Advisory Committee, Citizens Oversight Committee, um, the Executive Committees, etc. So they'll continue that work. Um, they're the ones that manage our audits, including the agency's financial audit, the compliance audits, and any other audits requested by our grantors, which we get pretty regularly. Um, they'll continue upgrading the agency's IT infrastructure, as well as our phone system, which is pretty much on its last legs, and um, continuing to shore us up in regards to cybersecurity, which, as you probably all know from your other local appointments, is becoming uh, much more of a kind of constant pressure. Um, this year, we are going to be taking on a uh, agency classification or compensation study. This is the first one that TAM has done in quite a while. So we'll be looking at how our agency's um, uh, positions and compensation benefits compare to our peers. And we'll be bringing back any findings from that probably midway through the year. 
Um, and then, of course, just ongoing, you know, agency cash management, investment management, payroll, accounts payable, preparation of things like the budget. Uh, so all that work will continue in the next year. Next slide. Uh, our public outreach uh, function will continue to do outreach and public engagement for various TAM projects and programs. Uh, we will also support outreach efforts for our partner agency projects in Marin, uh, Caltrans projects, local projects, uh, other TAM funded improvements, um, put together educational materials for board members, community groups, um, work on special sessions such as for the CTP. Um, we have paused our student internship programs during COVID. We are trying to bring those back. So we'll be working on that in the upcoming year as well. And then we just have regular ongoing communication and materials such as the monthly traveler newsletter, press releases, et cetera. So all that work will uh, continue into the next year. Next slide, please. On the planning side, you've heard about some of this in recent months. Um, particularly, we'll be working on developing the countywide transportation plan, uh, launching the sea, rel sea level rise planning work for the Marin Transportation Network, um, doing community-based transportation plan updates as needed. Uh, MTC is updating Plan Bay Area this year. It's that time again, believe it or not. So we are already participating in that, responding to information requests, and we'll continue that work. Um, we are um, developing a new traffic monitoring program. We're trying to see what we can do using more big data sources um, while continuing to be able to make comparisons to our historical data. So we're working on a strategy for that. Um, we have been participating with the Marin Wildfire Prevention Authority on their wildfire evacuation plan, which is, um, some of you may be familiar with this. It's a very sophisticated planning and modeling effort. Our staff has been involved in that. I think they're trying to um, sort of uh, wrap that up in the coming year and move towards implementation of some strategies. So we'll continue that work. Um, and then you'll hear more about this in the next item potentially, but um, we would like at some point to develop a countywide active transportation plan. And this is probably beyond the capacity of the countywide transportation plan itself. So um, over the next year or so, we'd like to continue working towards that. In terms of program management, uh, a little bit different than planning. I mentioned the bike share pilot program. So we are rebidding that. We hope to be developing that during the year. Um, the Marin Commutes program, uh, continue to monitor and implement the campaigns for that, as well as its related programs, such as van pools and emergency ride home. Uh, the State Route 37 uh, pilot TDM program has largely concluded, but uh, we do have some wrap up work to do on that. Um, TAM's innovation program is something that we would like to return to in the coming year as well. So we'll be working on advancing the discussion and hopefully implementation of that. Uh, the Alt Fuels program, uh, continuing to provide the rebates and work with locals for charging infrastructure, fleet rebates, and outreach efforts. Um, assessing first and last mile programs, and then, of course, uh, continuing the work of the Safe Routes to School program throughout the county and hopefully making some adjustments and expansion um, in a strategic way with that program. Next slide. On the programming and legislation, um, you approved on the consent calendar tonight releasing the strategic plans for Measure B and Measure AA, and so uh, continuing to um, get those through approval and then any updates that may be needed. 
managing all the funding allocations and reimbursement processes for the measure programs. You know, as Lee noted, this is uh, millions of dollars every year that we send out to local agencies. And so uh, we, we uh, have to manage that process. Uh, I mentioned the TFCA and TDA funds uh, that's open now. So overseeing that call for projects um, and monitoring the Safe Pathways program. I think we have a call for projects coming up for that um, probably towards the end of the year. Um, the equity investment analysis, something that we talked about last fall, I believe, with this commission, kind of looking back at uh, TAM investments over time and seeing how um, they um, kind of relate to communities of concern or equity priority communities in the county. So we'll be getting more into that work. Uh, continuing to provide state legislation support with bill tracking, uh, state budget tracking, earmarks, looking for funding opportunities, all of that. Uh, probably of great interest to you all is um, developing a process for the Measure AA Expenditure Plan six-year review. So I think we will uh, come back to you probably late in the fiscal year to begin that discussion, at least on the, the process side. Um, and then um, something that we've been working on uh, this year is a, developing a more strategic approach for the infrastructure bill uh, grant programs. You know, there's a kind of a dizzying array of those programs. And so we are working on kind of lining up our projects and our partners projects to see what grant opportunities might be most appropriate. Um, and while we're doing that, we're continuing to distribute information about current opportunities and um, expect to continue to do that throughout the year. Um, let's see, I'm getting close here, but on the project management and delivery uh, team, um, Lee mentioned some of these as these are often the kind of some of the big ticket items in terms of dollars. So this year, uh, Caltrans is expecting uh, to continue preparation and, and hopefully uh, issuing draft and maybe even final versions of the EIR for the State Road 37 segment A1 project. So we're continuing to work with them on that, as well as just staying involved in supporting the policy committee on State Route 37 overall. Uh, we hope to complete the design of the Bellum Boulevard off-ramp project and continue to seek funding for construction of that. Uh, we are aiming to obtain Caltrans approval for what's called the project study report, which is the final kind of planning phase document for the 101 580 multimodal and local access improvement project. And uh, once we have that approval, we would start the environmental phase. Um, we plan to assist the city of Larkspur with completing the next phase of the North-South Greenway project, which takes it from where the current project touches down south along Old Redwood Highway to the pedestrian overcrossing. Um, and we actually expect that construction to start this summer. Um, I, Lee mentioned the Marin City Flood Mitigation Projects. We're continuing to work with the county and Caltrans to develop that suite of projects and uh, get those um, started into construction. Uh, we have been working actually on a local road safety plan for Marin in partnership with the counties and uh, various other partners. So we'll be bringing that work back to the board uh, probably this fall. Uh, Part-time transit lane project. I think I mentioned that we received a grant from MTC to do the project development work on that. This is for a, uh, what used to be called bus on shoulder on Highway 101 in the northern part of the county. Uh, so as soon as those uh, grant funds kind of clear their administrative um, process, we would start that work. And then uh, finally continuing to oversee the crossing guard program. So that concludes the presentation and uh, both of us would be happy to answer questions.
Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Ann. Uh, I'll say uh, very briefly, super exciting about the new uh, 42 charging units at, at TAM District, and, and glad that uh, the budget was able to accommodate those. Questions from my commissioners? Commissioner Sackett? Lee, for the um, 2.6 million on RM3, is that, do we expect that to go down? Is that sort of a catch up for the escrow account over time, or do we expect that to be um, annually through the life of the measure? So the 2.6 million we have in the budget now, actually that's the work, that's the upcoming year's work related to uh, the arms refunded portion was the 101580 multimodal access project. Remember it's a reimbursement fund uh, funded. Yeah, so that's the work we have planned. Uh, Commissioner Rabazio, is that you? Yeah, yes, uh, please. Just a question on the work plan. You mentioned strategic expansion of safe routes to school, which sounds great, but I'm just wondering if you can elaborate on that a little bit and 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 say if it involves the crossing guard sort of conundrum. So those are those are two programs that obviously are related, but they are typically managed separately. They're separate contracts. And when I mentioned the Safe Routes program. Um, the board may recall we had a pretty extensive uh, report on the program in May, and there was some discussion about uh, the program being you know, extremely successful in many parts of the county, but uh, perhaps needing to look at ways to um, bring the program in in a, in a broader way in some other areas. So that's what I was referring to was the efforts to kind of get the program into some schools where it hasn't been as active in, in uh, re recent years or in its history. Uh, Commissioner Moulton Peters. Yeah, two, two, uh, an observation and a question. Um, on the EV uh, letters that we received, I, I, my comment is I think there's ongoing confusion about TAM's role in EV uh, uh, development, as opposed to the role, for instance, that the county or the cities play, which is more the retail role. Will, will the EV acceleration plan be coming back to us? And is that an opportunity for us to sort out who, who does what? Because it, it really is confusing, I think, to people. Microphones are giving everyone a hard time tonight. Um, we do intend to bring the EV acceleration plan uh, to this board. We had been waiting a bit for it to work its way through the councils or sustainability uh, groups at the local levels. And a lot of that um, is happening now. So I think we will be bringing it back in the fall and that would be a great place to have a discussion about the role. You know, there are a lot of agencies involved in this now. There are a lot of different programs and grants. And so, you know, TAM has some funding and some um, kind of role and capacity as does uh, MCE, as does the Bay Area Air Quality Management District, the county, the locals. So. Uh, there's definitely a lot of activity in this program, and we'd be glad to have that discussion. Yeah, I think when you bring it back, if you could map out who's got different pieces of it, it would help uh, understand. My, my second question goes back um, to the, um, the TIFCA and TDA funding that you mentioned. And I wonder if you could just explain what projects are eligible. Is that planning as well as construction, or, or what, what do those grants cover? Just construction? Just construction and typically it's um, bike and pedestrian type facilities, pathways, 
um, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I knew they were back. If you and then, but for planning those projects, where would where would funding opportunities for that come? So typically, planning and project development. Act uh, activities and funding are covered by local jurisdictions. Um, sometimes, I'm trying to think, like Caltrans planning grants, maybe another opportunity. Sometimes MTC has programs. I think our some of our uh, local allocations, like local streets and roads, would be eligible for planning as well. Right. I was just going to ask if TAM streets yeah. and roads dollars could be used for bicycle infrastructure that's part of streets and roads yes so, okay good thank you very much uh, vice chair Lugan. Uh, yeah i just uh, one question related to project management delivery I, I should know the answer to this question but i don't uh what's happening with the nevada boulevard major road project uh that was a part of the original measure a funding i don't know if you know that or maybe commissioner Eklund knows the the schedule on that have a little bit of information might have to get back to you on the details so there is a, a current phase of that project that is eligible for the major roads funding under measure a and we have allocated some of that funds for um, the environmental work which i believe has been completed and i think they're now in the right-of-way phase uh, to which we also allocated funds i think about a year ago and we are holding somewhere in the neighborhood of eight eleven eight million $11 million for construction when they get to that point. Gotcha. So if, if that project moves up faster, then those funds could be released um, as, as needed or requested by the city? Uh, with that amount, we would probably have to work with them on a cash flow plan, which we typically do with these major roads projects, but um, we'd be happy to, to do that when they get to that point. Okay. And I don't know if Commissioner Acklin has more details. Yes, I was just going to say that work is going to begin very soon in on the power lines. They're going to be all undergrounded, and that's the that's the next phase of this project, uh, which means that that boulevard will be closed, <laughs> which is going to be a challenge to manage the traffic. So thank you for asking. Seeing no other commissioner questions. Still nothing in the chambers. Jennifer, anything online? Uh, yes. Clayton Smith, please unmute. Yeah, I wanted to ask about your slideshow where you mentioned um, a project on 580 and Highway 101. Are you talking about the Sir Francis Drake Boulevard? And secondly, as a procedural question, uh, could you ask the moderator how many people are uh, on Zoom watching your meeting right now? I'm sure she has that information available. Thank you. Uh, Lee, do you want to answer the 580 question, please? So that's actually, I, I can jump yeah. in. Yeah. Or Anne, do you want to take the 580 Sarah, question? Yeah, yeah. sure. So, so the 580-101 project, um, we've had presentations at this commission in the past on this. This is identified in Measure AA and in Regional Measure 3. Um, the exact uh, alignment or location of the project has yet to be determined and would be uh, kind of fleshed out during the environmental process, but there has been a fair amount of planning work underway for that project so far. Thank you, Ann. Uh, Jennifer, any additional public comment? Yes. Susanna Saunders, please unmute. 
Uh, good evening, commissioners. Um, I just wanted to say that I want to congratulate Tam on winning the California Transportation Foundation's Active Transportation Project Award. I mean, we get used to excellence in Marin County, but this is something we should really acknowledge and celebrate. And um, I also just want to thank Tam for the funding it has done for public outreach, the money they gave to all the jurisdictions last spring, um, allowed us to put on several EV e-bike car shows, and they were a great success. So I just want to acknowledge and thank Tam for the work that it's doing. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. And I would like to thank and acknowledge you for the work you do as an alternate on the COC representing the Ross Valley. Uh, done for any additional public comment? Chair, I don't see any additional public comments at this time. All right, let's bring it back here. Any commissioner comments on the budget? Ah, commissioner Catrano. Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, yeah, I just wanted to really give a shout out to staff that um, that work plan with all of, I mean, many, many slides with all of the projects that you're juggling simultaneously. And, you know, not one of them is is really insignificant, right? It's a lot of really significant projects that are being juggled. Um, so I just wanted to really commend you all for the work that you're doing and the work that's going on behind the scenes that we only see in these work plans every once in, so, once in a while. Um, one of the things I um, really was excited to see again, um, we hear a lot about evacuation planning as it relates to, you know, the housing elements and all of the transit stuff going on throughout the county. Um, so really grateful for the work you all are doing on that, because I know um, my constituents in Fairfax and the Ross Valley, they, they're talking about that all the time, like what's, what's being done. And so glad that we're lending a hand on that. The other thing, I just wanted to give a huge kudos. It felt like at the last uh, APP XCOM meeting, we were talking about the, that, um, sort of distinction between the countywide uh, transportation plan and the countywide active transportation plan and raising the fact that we ought to seek funding to do an active transportation plan to supplement. And it, it's already in the slide deck. So I'm glad to see that as we're having these conversations, they're already um, showing up in some of these, these work plans. So yeah, thank you. And, and I'm also happy to make a motion when convenient, Chair. Jumping in there, are we, Commissioner Catrano? Any additional commissioner comments? Ah, commissioner. Um, and I just want to add in that today um, our board approved our budget, which did include an active transportation planner for a two-year um, position. So really excited. I think all of this will dovetail well. Super exciting. Well, uh, I will. Uh, I'll close comments by uh, sort of saying, really, thanks to uh, thanks to staff for the the budget, Lee. It's always uh, clearly, easily understood, understood, and it looks like you've got your hands full, and you and your team with a, a chock full work plan. So, very excited about that. Commissioner Cutrano, jump the gun. We've got a first. Don't anyone care to offer a second? Second. Second by Sackage. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? None. Great. Passes. Move on on to our final item of the night. This is the North-South Greenway and Cross Marin Bikeway Status Report. This is an action item. All right. Good evening, commissioners. Um, 
Uh, I'm pleased to present this report on behalf of TAM staff, all our partners, um, and I want to introduce Julie Pollack from Sam Schwartz, consultant that worked with us closely throughout this process. Uh, so this is a status report re regarding two of our key active transportation corridors, commonly referred to as the North-South Greenway running North-South and the cross Marin Bikeway running East-West in Marin County. During this process, we communicated extensively with our local agencies, bike organizations, as well as the TAM Bike and Pedestrian Advisory Committee to gather all the information in the report. Next slide, please. This report is intended to identify the gaps in the North-South Greenway and Crossman Bikeway and highlight where improvements have been made. Uh, the report does not identify new gap closure project concepts other than, than, of course, the information that we gathered from local agencies regarding the status of these locations. Since October, we've been gathering status information and updating our maps accordingly. Uh, and in the report, you'll see that information along with the summary tables. So now I'm going to turn to Julie Pollack, who's going to talk about their work in more detail and get into the contents of the report. Next slide. Thanks for the introduction, Scott, and uh, good evening, everyone. Um, so yeah, as mentioned by Scott, we started with a lot of research, a lot of outreach. Uh, so we started in the fall last year. Um, first, we started with reviewing the existing uh, interactive map, uh, which was a very, very helpful uh, tool. Um, we did also a lot of online research on our own and with, um, with Scott's help. Um, we also had a very uh, a few a few interesting meetings with MCBC and WT WTBTAM, um, they provided, uh, put together some maps and a lot of data that was very, very helpful uh, to put together this uh, status report. And after working um, on, you know, gathering all this information, reviewing it for a few months, um, we started drafting uh, the maps that are now part of the report. And when we reached this point, we um, started the coordination with all the local jurisdictions and agencies. So then for a couple of weeks, months, um, we exchanged on the draft maps to um, update them um, and um, you know, finalize them for, for the report. Next slide, please. All the mapping um, that was done to create the maps that you, you've seen or will see in the report uh, were made um, using a software called GIS. Uh, we did that because that's how the, the existing interactive map was created. So now that everything that we did for this report was created in the same software, it can be easily transferred or you know, combined with um, the existing mapping system. Um, next slide, please. Um, so we added this slide because in the report, we do mention the North-South Bikeway, the Great uh, Redwood Trail, and also the Cross Marine Trail. So the focus of this status report was not to study in detail um, these three corridors, but they're mentioned in the report because, you know, at some point they connect with uh, the North-South uh, North Greenway or the Cross Marine Bikeway. Um, for the North-South Bikeway, um, we want to emphasize the fact that the description that we included in the report and the maps that we included in the report are based on discussions we had um, with the bike advocacy group. Um, so they were not based on you know, uh, official planning documents, any recent planning documents, because uh, nothing was available. Next slide, please. Um, in terms of the structure of the report, so we have uh, five main sections. The first one is an introduction where we present the goal of the, the, the project and the study. Um, the second section 
that we call the corridor quick facts are uh, an introduction to present the two corridors. And then uh, section three and four are really um, the main part of the report where we have all the maps presenting um, the two corridors, uh, highlighting all the gaps we found um, and all the uh, future improvements uh, that we've been able to put together. Um, and the, the report um, also has a conclusion. So it's the final part of the, the report. Next slide, please. Uh, some important consideration when you review the report, if you've already reviewed it, um, we didn't try to rank any of the projects or gaps um, that we uh, highlighted in the report. We just listed them and provided as much, as much information as we could on the different gaps. Um, similarly, for the, all the existing segments, all the existing bike lanes or pedestrian improvements, we didn't um, evaluate them uh, in terms of, you know, stress level or uh, comfort for the users, because that was not part of the scope for this um, study. Um, we also want to emphasize that, you know, most of the projects or future improvements that are discussed in the report uh, will require more analysis, like engineering studies or environmental studies, um, before they can be implemented. And finally, um, so we highlight, highlighted, like, three words on, on this slide, which are gap, current alignments, and potential improvements, because we tried, you know, throughout the report to be um, very consistent in how we named things. Um, and so we use gap for the gaps we identified, current alignments, because in some areas where we have gaps, there are some alternatives that you can currently use, um, and potential improvements, uh, because we, we did um, highlight quite a few improvements uh, after talking with all the jurisdictions. Next slide, please. Uh, in terms of the bicycle facility terminology, so that's something that you're probably very familiar with, um, but just um, we want to remind everybody that we use, you know, four different colors and we have uh, four different classes for the different type of um, um, facilities that we're presenting in the, this report. So we have the class one um, in green that are the multi-use pathway. We have uh, the class two in blue, which are painted bike lanes, um, the bike route, class three in yellow, and uh, finally the separated bikeway or cycle tracks uh, shown in, in, in pink. Next slide, please. Um, so I, I briefly explained how we tried to be consistent with the wording. We did the same thing um, when we decided how to map uh, the two corridors. So all the maps have exactly the same structure. So we have, um, the same maps, you know, for the North-South Greenway and the Cross Marine Bikeway, we have different segments. Each one of them has a number. Uh, we use, you know, the color coding that I just ex explained for the different um, classes. And we have um, text boxes that we use to describe the gaps. So these are the boxes that have uh, an orange background. We have um, text boxes to identify the current alignment. So that's when we have an alternative that is currently available. And we have text boxes, so with um, a black outline to present um, any improvements that we've um, uh, identified for those uh, segments. Next slide, please. In terms of the results, what we found. Um, so we found that looking at the North-South Greenway, that 62% of the corridor is existing in a form or another, um, which means that you know, 38% of the corridor was identified as a gap. Um, the corridor is mostly composed of class one and class two infrastructure. 
And um, in terms of gap, we identified 12 remaining gaps, and seven of them have uh, currently have a, an alternative. Next slide, please. Along the cross-marine bikeway, um, we um, so 89% of the corridor um, has uh, some infrastructure in place currently. So 11% are identified as gap. Um, but this corridor is mainly composed of class two and class three uh, facilities. So a little bit different compared to the north-south um, uh, greenway. We identified five remaining gaps and two of them um, have some current alignments. Um, on this map, you can also see uh, in gray um, that we mapped some potential future expansions for the cross marine bikeway to the east and the west. Um, we just want to emphasize the fact that these extensions uh, were not, you know, reviewed, um, you know, with as much detail as the rest of the corridor because we really focused on what the corridor is today. Um, this is information that we put together after, you know, talking and discussing with the jurisdiction. Um, so it's more to, you know, open up the, the discussion and show what could be feasible if you want to, um, you know, extend the cross marine bikeway. Um, but yeah, it, it's treated a little bit differently in the report. Next slide, please. Um, on this slide, we listed some of the key uh, completed improvements. So it's like key projects, key segments that have been um, open recently, uh, we highlight them in the report. So we have some nice um, photos and we have some like a short description for all of them. Next slide, please. And finally, the report uh, concludes with um, two summary tables. So one per corridor where we list um, all the gaps, um, some um, the main characteristics of the gaps. And we also highlight using the, the yellow color, um, the gaps that are, um, a little bit further along that will be completed first. Um, so for the north-south greenway, we highlighted um, six of those gaps that are a little bit further along. And next slide, please. And along the cross-marine bikeway, we have uh, one gap, the third street improvement project that is a little bit further along. Next slide, please. And finally, um, so after the BPAC meeting, um, so we received some very, uh, helpful comments and we also had uh, some discussions with MCBC and WTBTAM. We decided to add this slide to this presentation and also um, this information in the appendix of the report. So these are existing segments, so they're shown as existing in the report, but they could, you know, they could use some maintenance or some improvements. And so the we received, yeah, from the BPAC um, members and the advocacy group, um, this information, and we thought that that was something very important to highlight also in the report. That was not the main goal of the report, uh, but this is something very important to know and, and, and notice. Next slide, please. And I will let Scott talk about the feedback and the different meetings. Great. Thank you, Julie. So at our at our TAM Bike and Pedestrian Advisory Committee in May, uh, we provided an earlier working version of the draft. Uh, as Julie mentioned, uh, much of the discussion centered around um, some of the existing facilities shown in the report, they felt like um, did not provide the same level of comfort for users. Um, so we noted um, a couple themes of input we got from the VPAC discussion. Uh, one was that they preferred that we use the term existing rather than completed for the segments that are currently available for people. So we made that update. 
Um, and then in addition, they, they thought particularly that there was a need to focus on maintenance of some of the multi-use pathways. Um, and that would particularly involve um, looking at some of the older pathways that were built before um, 2008 that uh, they felt like were in need of repair. Next slide, please. Then we presented a draft to our uh, APMP executive committee earlier this month um, and got a lot of helpful comments. Um, we noted some of those here. Um, one was that the report uh, should enable coordinated grant application opportunities, especially where multiple projects on a given quarter may be seeking the same fund source. Um, the comments reflected that um, in some cases, um, focus on alternatives to gaps um, would be important. Um, and one example of that was the Horse Hill Path, shown as a current alignment, um, as a potential alternative to um, longer term and potentially more costly uh, and complex projects, such as the Alta Tunnel. Um, while it wasn't part of this effort, uh, a follow-up to this report um, could be a prioritization or ranking of gaps. Um, something we could look at uh, in the future. Uh, it was noted that the Crossman Bikeway uh, is a key linkage to the Fairfax Bolinas Road. Uh, it's something that we should consider in the future. And then that there was an opportunity to consider uh, more uh, branding or uh, marketing of these corridors, um, which could improve the public's understanding of the locations. Uh, also could possibly help us with future grant applications. Next slide, please. So more broadly, uh, as a follow-up to this uh, this report, we uh, we thought about our next steps, and here we categorized those into kind of three buckets. Uh, one, it would include monitoring, and that would be in cases where projects seem to be moving along fairly steadily, uh, including uh, locations such as the Smart Multi-Use Path within nor the North-South Greenway north of San Rafael. Uh, planning, we've talked about um, during this meeting, but this report could be a resource uh, and efforts such as the current update to the local streets and road safety plan, uh, our TAM countywide transportation plan, and, and then uh, updating some of our local bike and pedestrian plans through a countywide active transportation plan, which is something we've been talking about and we can talk about more in future board meetings. Uh, and then, of course, funding, which is a core role of TAM, uh, where we can help identify grant opportunities for agencies that are seeking funding for uh, advancing these projects. A Caltrans planning grant is one that we talked about for early stage planning work. Uh, of course, the One Bay Area Grant Program, Active Transportation Program, and others uh, would be appropriate for, um, for construction of projects. Uh, we also mentioned the TFCA and TDA Article 3 call for projects that's currently out. Uh, particularly, we wanted to note the Active Transportation Program, which has been a key source of funding where we received around $10 million earlier this year. Uh, MTC is talking about providing more technical assistance coming up for the next cycle, which is something we might want to strategize around or think about coordinating some of the applications based on the locations in this report. Next slide, please. So with that, uh, I want to remind you, this is um, an action item. We are recommending you accept the report, and we also are excited to talk more about uh, any questions or comments you might have. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for that report. Commissioner, questions? Um, thank you very much uh, for a great presentation. Um, I think this is a, a great project. I wanted to ask you, Have do you know about the Bay Trail area that ABAG is designated? Well, um, uh, the ABAG, there's a, there's a part of the Bay Trail 
um, between Novato and Las Colinas Sanitary District that is um, not funded right now. And um, that is both for bikes as well as pedestrians. And so in the future, if you happen to get any additional money after you've completed all this hard, hard work that you've been doing, I really think that TAM should consider an additional alternative of taking the trail just when it hits Las, uh, Las Galitas Sanitary District, have it head over to the Hamilton Wetlands and hook up to the Bay Trail there. The reason is, is because we've just been informed by the U.S. Coast Guard that they are going to be staying in Novato and they're going to be taking down some of the housing that is asbestos laden and, um, you know, the, the hazardous uh, housing. And they're going to be developing more housing in there for um, probably more than just the Coast Guard families, but probably other military families as well. So they're going to keep the base. Um, and so they're going through the environmental review process right now. And I'm in touch. Uh, I'm talking directly to the U.S. Coast Guard because I definitely support them having worked for the Army myself um, for five years or eight. Um, so I just really want to put that in your ear um, that it would be great for those that are biking or walking that want to walk along the bay. And the Hamilton wetlands out there, if any of the commissioners have not visited that, highly recommend that you take the time to walk along that bay trail. It's just absolutely incredible what you can see. And again, there's two runways that are underneath that uh, Hamilton wetland. So a bug in your ear, I'd love to work with you on that because that's something that I think uh, would be beneficial to um, the people who are living out there at, at the end of Hamilton, getting to Main Gate Road sometimes takes five minutes or more. They could just get on their bike if there was a bike uh, route to get to, um, you know, south. Obviously, hopefully someday we'll have the Bay Trail, but we don't have the funding, so maybe we can partner between ABAG and TAM. So anyway, a comment from the peanut gallery up north. Commissioner Rice? Yeah, thank you. Uh, great. Uh, presentation and report. It's really nice to see this all in one place and the detail. And I have um, the pronounce of the slides too, as well. And each of the um, map segments, it's very cool. So did jump out at me um, on the staff report right away from the top page. Um, the sentence under discussion, it says to develop a common understanding of the two corridors, which have not been formally adopted by local agencies. Um, and it strikes me that and, and frankly, it comes up in, in the uh, potential next steps and future steps in terms of recommendations. Um, and I think it plays right into the development of the countywide actor transportation plan that would there be, here's my question, would there be value in frankly sort of formally naming and having the in jurist, appropriate jurisdictions sort of adopt um, resolutions basically identifying this corridor and, and in terms of leveraging grant opportunities, et cetera. I mean, really formalizing that this is a, these are, are you know, multi-jurisdiction, one corridors that cross multi-jurisdictions, but, but oftentimes, and I'm oftentimes when you go after grants to, when you can present that something is of value to multiple jurisdictions, communities, et cetera, and there's some formal resolution identifying them as such, it can be helpful. Uh, and I also think it would be, I, I, it plays right into the marketing, et cetera, et cetera. So can you, long-winded, 
<laughs> question. Just explain if you think it would it, there would be value there, what it would take, and um, do we have any other examples of this? <laughs> okay, um, that's a that's a great question, and it's something that we thought about with this report. Also, kind of to what to what extent, how far down that path we wanted to go with this report, I guess. And you know, I think in terms of um, grant applications and funding support, like it is almost always helpful to be in a plan. So at at minimum, you know, you would want these pieces to be in either a countywide plan or the local jurisdictions plans or both. Having said that, there are some areas, I think, on both corridors where there would probably need to be a fair amount more discussion before getting to that point. So that would be something that, you know, uh, TAM and the local jurisdictions would probably, you know, need to tackle through additional planning efforts. Did you want to add to that? No, I think you I think you covered it. I mean, this they're referred to in several local bike and pedestrian plans. If we were to update the local bike and pedestrian plans under a kind of countywide umbrella plan, that might be an opportunity. Um, but I think in terms of uh, it was brought up at the executive committee meeting in terms of branding, I think there's also more discussions. There's route signage out that the public sees that are route their route numbers referring to certain routes that don't necessarily reconcile with these terms. So I think there's a lot of more, more review that would need to be done, as Ann mentioned, before we would want to designate an alignment associated with them formally. Yeah, and I can, and you, you won't buy in from everyone, but that specific uh, recommendation um, or comment that the report should enable coordinated grant application opportunities plays right into that as well. And I think from funding agencies is, you know, they know you're, you're going to identify that you're filling a gap, but if you could say you're you're filling a gap that actually has been bought into multiple jurisdictions. Um, it even, I think, I, I don't know. I just think it's important. And I think conceptually and social psychologically to actually uh, embrace these as corridors that we buy into together um, has value. Thanks. Uh, Commissioner Carmel. Here, okay. Um... Could you put up the um, slide? I'm sorry. Did I hear it was Carol or not? I'm sorry. Okay. Now we're all good. Okay. Um, could you put up the slide for uh, North South Greenway segment six, please? Uh, this is a cautionary tale for my fellow commissioners, uh, particularly those of you in Novato and San Rafael and the county for Lagunitas, where you have mobile home parks. Um, there is a major issue with uh, my community, uh, the Maroon Mobile Home Park that's shown on. That's not the one. It's, uh, it says North-South Greenway Segment 6 is the one. Um, there's been a lot of discussion in the community over the last year or so about uh, the path going through our community. And I hadn't really thought of running for the city council last year, but this was one of the issues that people kept approaching me about. And so as a civilian, I asked uh, TAM staff and was referred to the Larchburg staff and they referred me to the county staff. And I just kind of got kicked around. 
And I kept being told, oh yeah, you guys were notified about these two projects. There's, um, we're still not on the right slide yet. Just, just to clarify, we don't actually have a slide for that. That's part of the report. Well, so it is, off the web it is, it is included agenda. in the packet. It's the page agenda. 240, okay. but we don't have a, a slide in the PowerPoint. But if folks want to look, it's page 240 for segment six. This is the one. Okay, so the problem is uh, I was very frustrated. I couldn't get any information from either of any of the agencies. And I couldn't figure out why, because I, if I'd gotten a notice in the mail, that's something I certainly would have drawn my attention. And none of the other active neighbors in our community remembered receiving anything. Um, and I, I'll preface this by apologizing. I've only found out the reason in the last two weeks. And at the Larchford City Council, we've been hot and heavy about rent stabilization for the last two weeks. And one of our members is resigning as effective next week. So I could not contact you in writing to discuss this. So I'm not assessing blame. I'm just wanting to explain the situation, okay, um, of why this community is frustrated. It turns out in the notification process, and I believe it was Larchford's responsibility, they, when you have properties that are gonna be affected by a project, uh, they contact the assessor recorder's office and get a list of the residences that are gonna be in the affected area. It turns out many years ago, I cannot find anything in writing about this, but I was told by a county employee who would prefer to remain anonymous, and I will honor that, <clears throat> uh, but who was aware of it, is that many years ago, there was a fight between the county assessor recorder, um, California Housing and Community Development, and the Department of Motor Vehicles over mobile homes. That once they got situated on a lot, and the tow part of the front of the trailer was taken off and the wheels and axles were taken off, the county assessor's office felt that that should become real property that they should be able to tax. The state and the um, Department of Motor Vehicles objected to that and there was some kind of bureaucratic infighting. The bottom line is when you ask the county assessor recorder for the homes near these projects, you only get about 30 addresses, and most of those are apparently out of date. The names are out of date. So sometimes the mail gets returned as undeliverable. Bottom line, out of 90 residents, less than 30 got notices about either of these projects. So they've been in the dark and um, feel they've been ignored. Um, now, the segment that's directly next to the freeway, which I believe is starting construction fairly soon. Um, I've already raised this with staff that I think it's totally inappropriate. It's a pathway that's gonna be directly next to the freeway, uh, which is very noisy and will be confusing for seniors. Uh, they won't be able to hear. I mean, it's hard enough to hear bicycles, especially the electric bikes coming up behind you now. Uh, with that particular location, you're not gonna hear any bicycles. There's going to be issues with uh, splashing onto that walkway uh, from the freeway. Um, it's just a, it's a horrible design. Uh, and finding out this lack of communication, 
uh, and doing a little digging, it turns out the other side of the street, the street part that fronts uh, the mobile home park, there is a 15-foot right-of-way uh, for pedestrian and bicycle access that could be utilized. And this would solve not only the problem of this particular, um, the one that's going to start construction, but it might even help with doing the other behind the park um, route over the smart rail right away, because that one, which is the next project that we're going to start working on, um, requires an easement through private property. And it turns out there is this easement on the street level, which would allow for a class four bicycle lane, uh, which is certainly much better than the share lane that's being proposed uh, and could connect possibly this segment much more easily. The point of all this is when you do are working on your final report, um, I've been told in the past that there's nothing we can do about the segment that's going to be done on next to the freeway. And quite frankly, I think it's just going to generate even more anger from the community, both my community and the boardwalk community who might use it to get to Trader Joe's and the bus pad and the overcrossing. Um, but what I'm trying to hopefully get is that we do a much better job of communicating with this community because right now they're furious. I have a community-wide meeting Sunday with them, a meet and greet with their council member, and I know I'm going to get a lot of, excuse me, I know I'm going to get a lot of really negative feedback about all of this. And so I just wanted you to be aware of all that. Thank you. Kevin, what I was going to suggest is that since your meeting is on Sunday, um, there's perhaps it's only one day, but perhaps an opportunity for you to connect with with Ann and, and staff members before Sunday for perhaps you might be able to provide some additional background. So that, that would have been my suggestion. I have sufficient background for right now. I don't think there's enough time to, to add anything additionally. I mean, I will ask if the community wants to schedule a meeting with staff. I'd asked that last year in August when I was a civilian. I specifically asked uh, because part of the right of way, if you see that little nook here, is county property, not Larkspur, um, is part of this. And I asked, can we have a meeting with the county planning department, TAM staff, and Larkspur staff? And I was totally ignored by all three. And that's one of the reasons why I'm here today is because when I did get elected to the Larkspur Council and found out we had a seat on this board, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to be here. Understood. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Carmel? Yes, thank you. I have a question about, um, about I think it's uh, segment three, the Horse Hill Alto Tunnel. So, um, and I'm sure it must be like a, a historical fact, but I'm curious why Alto Tunnel is the is the primary route and Horse Hill is the alternate route. And I'm asking that because there's already a route on Horse Hill and there's a plan to improve Casa Buena um, to make that um, a class two. So it seems like you've got, you know, 80%, 90%, you know, maybe 100%, right? I mean, that's the way people get from point A to point B right now. So why is that not the primary route 
and you consider that kind of like in the state that it's in and um alto tunnel which is you know 140 year old tunnel you know which has probably collapsed and is got just so many issues and it's the one with the most number of dollar signs associated with it why is that not the alternate that just seems like that would be flipped over if you were doing this pragmatically this is not unrelated to Commissioner Rice's question about sort of building consensus or value in, in identifying um, a common understanding. And when you look at the local jurisdictions uh, bike plans for that area, most of them, I think at least two of them, maybe all three of them actually do identify the sort of Alto Tunnel route as the proposed route or proposed project. Um, so while there are other ways to get through that area, there's Horse Hill, there's uh, the Camino Alto Road itself, um, those plans do do point to the tunnel uh, construction as a proposed or potential future project. So to some extent, our report mirrors what's in the local plans and what we heard from um, the staff and from the advocates. So there are certainly some areas, and I would say this is one of them, like geographic areas where there is not necessarily um well where where there would need to be further planning i guess to come to some agreement on what is kind of the official corridor okay and is that a discussion that we can have in this room here or is that a discussion that has to take place at the local jurisdictions or both uh well we could certainly have it here but because this report was sort of built on the foundation of the local plans i don't i think having it only here is probably not sufficient got it Okay, thank you so much. Uh, Commissioner Walton Peters. Yeah, thank you. So I want to thank you for this report. It is great to have the catalog of what we know. And I wanna I wanna um, note, I found it interesting when there was a mention of stress level of current facilities. It's like stress level. We were happy to have a bike lane at all. But this is the evolving nature of bicycle facilities is we started with just very minimal and now they're developing into more sophisticated, more usable, but there's an evolving uh, nature of where these facilities are located too. The North-South Greenway was uh, on an old rail line. That's what it was in 1978. But if we all look at the, the way that our road and network, uh, highway network it has evolved, and the development patterns that have also evolved since that uh, railroad was put in over 150 years ago, we begin to see that the old railroad alignment may or may not be the current best place for bicycle facilities given where we are in 2023. And so as we have these conversations and they do need to happen in part at the local jurisdiction level and then countywide in this body, I think we need to be open to the fact that the North-South Greenway as a concept is great. Where it ends up literally may change somewhat based on the current uses and needs we have. So I don't want us to be stuck with a construct that's out of date. I want, I, we, we've all talked before that we need to put the facilities where the people are and where the access and in alignment with where other um, parts of the North-South Greenway. So I just hope we'll have a broad conversation in the future as we go forward. Uh, but this is a great starting point for that. So thank you. Commissioner uh, Rodoni? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the report and the update. I do think it's an excellent uh, 
plan sort of going forward and having the information in one place. And I particularly appreciate the APMP Executive Committee sort of leading us to the recommendation to look at alternates because I do think our approach should be closing the gaps the most efficient way and maybe avoiding the political, environmental, and funding challenges that may make it impossible in some cases. So I sort of agree with that approach, and I just wanted to, to say that. Uh, Commissioner Trump? Thank you, Chair. And is this time for comments, too, or just questions? I think we sort of bled into both, so why don't we just sort of... Tackle both at the same time? Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, thanks. I'll try to make it brief. As a follow-up to the question I asked uh, earlier um, regarding the Caltrans Bay Area bike plan and, and what you alluded to and regarding, you know, it's good to have these sorts of things in plans, um, especially if we're going to be going after funding in the not-too-distant future for any of these things. Um, after the XCOM meeting, we were speaking about the timeline for the countywide active transportation plan, which we allude to here as a, a way we could further study these corridors, but there's a, a process for getting the ball rolling on that. And I'm, I'm just wondering, I know we have a, a technical consulting capacity for the, the Caltrans bike plan, but I'm wondering if there's any way we can leverage all of the amazing work that Scott and Julie did here in the in that Caltrans plan to get a jump start on on having some of this stuff documented somewhere else. You know, with that plan, uh, with the Caltrans District Four plan, as as Ann alluded to, there the focus is really the Caltrans facilities, so State Route One, One Thirty One, where their facilities lie. They they would like to develop out and plan for those in particular. Um, but where they they reference local facilities, I'm I'm certainly um, thinking we could use this as a as a resource when providing direct input. We've circulated that survey to our bike and pedestrian advisory committee, and we could certainly add locations if we see that there's any gaps. The last plan they developed is in 2018, um, and I think that showed you know at a broader level Marin facilities. But we could certainly this is a chance to update that. So we'll we'll look at these gaps in the content from this report and see if we can add any input if there's anything missing. Great, thank you. Um, and then with regard to um, one comment and then a, a like giving a shout out um, comment, I totally agree with um, Supervisor Commissioner Rice's comments. And it's something that came at the XCOM meeting talking about uh, instead of competing against each other to um, try to close these gaps, uh, it might be better and we might be more successful if we bundle some of these uh, together and, and pitch it to the higher agencies as a, a network that needs to be closed. And one of the things that came up at the XCOM meeting from Warren Wells at uh, Marin County Bicycle Coalition that I just wanted to share with everybody, he actually pointed to a similar case study in Contra Costa where they did bundle together gap closures and were able to get $21 million or something to that effect by teaming up. Um, so I, I definitely want to encourage that thinking as we move forward here. And I hope that's something that can come back uh, if there's an opportunity to, that prevents it, uh, presents itself. Um, and just also as an extension of that thought, wanted to give a, a shout out to um, Vice Chair Lucan for at that XCOM meeting, also bringing up the fact that we have this, you know, great Redwood Trail and that it goes to the North-South Greenway, but thinking about how all these things fit together and Commissioner Eckman bringing up the Bay Trail, I think they're just opportunities to 
not isolate these projects as marine projects, but recognize like a lot of people are using these facilities and, and there are people from all over the Bay Area that love Marin um, just as much as we do and want to spend some time here. So um, yeah, just wanted to give a shout out for, for that suggestion. I'm in support of that as well. All right, thank you, commissioners, for your comments. Oh, Commissioner Carmel. So are we going to do comments now or are you going to take um, public comments? I'm going to take public comment. And then you're going to do commissioner comments. Yeah, which haven't been offered already. Yeah, right on. <laughs> Any public comment in the room? Seeing none. Public comment online, Jennifer. Yes. Francine Millman, please unmute. Hello, commissioners. Um, I'm Francine Millman, a Scott Valley resident and vice president of the Scott Valley Homeowners Association. We've been responding to the topic of the Alto Tunnel reconstruction, uh, not reopening, uh, that goes into and through Scott Valley for well over 20 years. Our Scott Valley neighbors are really concerned that this topic is up for discussion again, given the exorbitant costs and complete disruption to our valley, as well as the permanent displacement of homeowners, both in Scott Valley and Corte Madera, whose homes are on top of the tunnel, um, that were not there before the tunnel collapsed in the 70s. And they'd likely have to be permanently condemned if this project occurs, which really blows my mind that that would be an okay thing. Um, this is far from a reopening that everyone continues to try to sell this as. It is really a complete infrastructure rebuild. When the tunnel collapsed, a large segment of the interior of the tunnel was filled with concrete and gravel and boring through the tunnel, this would certainly cause surrounds to become unstable. In 2010, the estimated cost all in was moving towards $100 million at that time. So today we all know the costs would be even more off the charts. There really are amazing alternatives that are far better suited for cyclists and pedestrians rather than being in a lengthy tunnel. Horse Hill, as already noted, being one that we have proposed for decades, but proponents for the tunnel repeatedly don't even wanna consider these options that could have been really completed decades ago. Please know that we really are very much about safety of cyclists and pedestrians, so much so that myself and our HOA board were the ones who encouraged the city of Mill Valley to install a bike lane from Mill Valley over Camino Alto in Corte, into Corte Madera. It was a win-win for everyone. And that's what we wanna see here too, by considering more fiscally responsible alternatives rather than a tunnel that requires ongoing maintenance, costs for security, lighting, upkeep, and what would be really disruptive to Scott Valley. We're very interested in collaborating on viable solutions that would appeal to the majority, especially for those who live in the most impacted areas that would be most effective. But it's difficult to support something that would cost over $100 million and displace current homeowners. Um, which wouldn't really be in the best interest for Scott Valley, our neighbors and neighborhood. We really Thank hope you for your comments. They're more viable. All right, situation. Jennifer, next public comment. Uh, yes, Warren Wells, please unmute. 
Commissioners, this is Warren Wells, the Marin County Bicycle Coalition. Uh, I want to really want to thank staff and the consulting team for all their coordination um, with us on this. Um, Scott already covered a um, uh, a number of my uh, comments in previous meetings on his slides, so I appreciate appreciate that. But something I did want to highlight uh, for this board is, you know, future work going forward um, is to come up with, you know, a, a goal for for what the North South Greenway and and Cross Marin Bikeway would be. You know, anyone who is Ridden much less walked along these corridors. Know that not knows that not every like existing facility is is equal. While a simple sign or or paint on the the pavement might work on a slow neighborhood street like Greenfield, that won't suffice for most people who are trying to ride a bike or or walk, you know, on a road like Sir Francis Drake, um, where cars are going upwards at fifty miles an hour. So you know, such a goal might look like creating a a separate and ADA accessible pathway. And then when you have a goal that allows certain alignments to, to either kind of fall in or fall out. Some alignments would be able to provide that sort of goal um, and some would not. Um, I also just want to draw attention to or highlight um, a point made by Commissioner Rice. I, I love the idea of you know, formalizing this route and having uh, some agency like TAM take ownership of it. You know, up until now, the only place to find a map of the North South Greenway was on the Marin County Bicycle Coalition website. And, and so I'm overjoyed to see this report and, and see this um, this uh, this really important project uh, highlighted by this um, body. Um, and seconding Commissioner Catrano's um, recommendations when you when you are able to talk about this, you know, speaking as someone who was a grant reviewer for the active transportation program, when you were able to to draw to say like this is a gap closure, not just between these two segments of the street, but on a 20 mile uh, pathway, you get much more competitive for state grants, which can be in huge dollar amounts. And that's money coming to the county that we would otherwise have, have to be spent here. So thank you so much for all your work on this. Thanks, Warren. Jennifer? Yes. Uh, Clayton Smith, please unmute. Yes, as a taxpayer, I have uh, a couple of questions. Uh, when the uh, North-South Greenway, this project is done, what do you anticipate the total cost of it will have been? And what do you anticipate the annual maintenance expense will be? Also, um, where did the funding come from? Where is it coming from? Could these funds have been spent elsewhere? And um, where will the funding come from to maintain it? If these figures are not available currently, when will they be available? And are there any um, plans to determine how many people are actually going to be using it or will use it when it's completed? And if so, when do they use it? And if not, we're not going to have any numbers on that. Is there some reason why? And in this regard, what would the age demographic of the users of this facility be? And uh, finally, are there any plans to monitor the safe use of electric bicycles on this facility, given the danger that they present, um, given that many of them have um, top speeds that are in excess of 25 miles an hour. Thank you. Any additional public comment, Jennifer? Chair, I don't see any additional public comments at this time. Thank you. Let's bring it back for any closing additional commissioner comments. Commissioner Carmel, I think you had something to share. I do, no. 
I need a supervisor to run the thing. So thanks so much. So I have a couple of just general comments and then some specific comments. So first of all, this is a great report. I really love this report. This is exactly what we needed. So North-South Greenway is a network. In order for a network to work, it's got to be continuous, right? So this is absolutely the right approach doing the gap analysis and coming up with this. I fully endorse this kind of um, collectivized approach to closing the gaps, kind of putting things together. Just very roughly looking at the map, it looks like you've got a big gap north of San Rafael and you've got a bunch of little gaps south of San Rafael. Maybe grouping in those direct in that, in that way makes a lot of sense. Um, to get this thing closed. Um, but I totally agree about like not competing with each other to get this thing done. You know, what I would propose is getting the ones that are easiest to get done first, because then you're actually getting more of this thing completed. Um, and then putting together a plan over a set period of time, like to say five years, we're going to have a completed North-South Greenway, whatever that period of time is. So we all have great comfort in that this is going to progress and that this is the end date for it, just like we do, for example, the, the Marin Sonoma Narrows project, same kind of thing. So we have an idea of where this thing is going. So I think that's the right, uh, right way to go about doing this thing. Um, and then just reflecting on the, the XCOM uh, deliberations, I think the last point that was brought up in that group is really excellent. The whole branding, that branding goes to education and to get people to use this thing, they need to have some sense of the identity of it. And there's been tremendously great work done by um, the county parks. They developed these great totem signs and that is a fantastic way of identifying where the North-South Greenway is because if you actually ride this thing, it's on roads, it's on multi-use paths, it goes like all over the place, it goes through a park. I mean, it's all over the place, right? So finding your way through this thing is really an important part. And I would love it if you leverage what they've done already because it's super attractive. They did a lot of work on it. It looks fantastic. There's already one at Horse Hill that kind of works well. They're very distinctive. They're very, very easy to find. And I think that kind of branding would go a long, long way. So that's like some general comments. So I have some specific comments and specifically um, on this Horse Hill Alto tunnel thing because this is a debate that's been going on anywhere between like 20 years and 40 years and I don't want to get into like the dynamics of individual jurisdictions weighing in on what the primary route is or not and thank you Stephanie for that historical context that makes total sense now right so it's the old railroad line so but this tunnel is 700 linear feet of it are plugged with concrete and gravel. So that's a lot. And it's an environmental disaster to try to like drill out all that stuff. And if you look at the parcel maps, there's two parcels that are blocking the entrance on the south side. And there's six parcels blocking the uh, entrance on the north side. So this is just a quagmire waiting to unfold. If we try to get in there and try to do this thing, the disruption to the neighborhood is going to be insane. The litigation is going to be crazy. You're going to have to um, buy all of these properties in order to get this thing done. And then you're going to have to drill out a bunch of concrete, which is just environmentally disastrous. So it's not. And so that's there's that whole aspect of it. So as Francine said on, on her phone call, this is not a reopening. That's a complete um, misstatement about what this thing is, this is a complete reconstruction. It's also not really clear that this is even in the right place. So we have in our own plans, a Redwood Creek Trail that goes on the other side of 101. There's of course the new 101 overpass that's being planned that goes directly to the brand new bridge that we just opened up last year, which goes right to the smart train. So you actually want the alignment more to the east than to the west. The tunnel goes to the west, doesn't it actually go in the right direction? So 
Horse Fuel is actually the direct route. And then with Buena Vista already on the plan for doing, you know, class two lanes, that's just another reason why that should be at least the near-term solution. Let me put it that way. Let's not call it like primary and alternate. Let's just call that the near-term solution. And that's something that can be done at probably like, you know, one thirtieth the cost of of doing the Alto Tunnel. So Alto Tunnel can be like a long-term consideration in some configuration, probably not where it is right now, but in some other place, if that makes sense. And probably that would make sense in conjunction with other transportation. So Cal Park Tunnel exists because of a train, right? So um, now if there was gonna be a train that was gonna come further south, then it would make sense to have a tunnel with a, with a bike path that goes along with it. But I would contend that probably the best way is to kind of go for the low hanging fruit on this thing and to just work on the one that's most achievable within a reasonable period of time. So we actually complete the North-South Greenway and that really should be the primary objective here to do it at a reasonable cost. Um, last year, Dave Parisi and I, Charles Lee, who's the current mayor of Puerto Madera, um, Todd Cusimano, who was then working for Puerto Madera, but now happily works for Mill Valley, um, and Dave Parisi actually walked the entire length of this um, segment on Horse Hill, and Dave wrote up a memo, which I think you're in possession of. Stephanie, you have it as well. It's a proposal to do... Um, a scoping of what this could possibly be and to say this is what we could do with Horse Hill to kind of make it safer, easier. This is what it would look like. I would really um, like that we try to move that ahead um, as a way of kind of getting this thing going just to kind of close that gap. This is a, a suggestion on closing that gap. So to have Dave look at it, he, had, he was super excited about what could be what could happen here. It would not cost very much money. And would close that very important gap that connects the very southern part of Marin to the central part of Marin, which right now is just Horse Hill. That's all there is. So that would be my recommendation for that segment. Thank you very much for your good work. Uh, any additional question or comments? Vice Luke. Uh, thank you. I'll, I'll make it quick. I uh, really just want to applaud this report. Um, I think this is probably the most comprehensive report and analysis of our bike network in Marin that I've ever seen. Uh, and it's really exciting because I know with reports like this set the stage for, I think all the conversations we're having here are wonderful. I do want to reiterate, you know, some of the comments I made at the XCOM meeting um, that I do think the, the naming, the branding is really key. Uh, when you look at all of the different names out there that kind of just formed organically, we have a lot of overlap. We have the North South Bikeway, we have the North South Greenway, we have the Cross Marin Trail, the Cross Marin Bikeway, uh, the Smart Multi-Use Path, the Bay Trail, the Great Redwood Trail. Uh, they all overlap, um, and it could be confusing. I don't, I don't say, think that we need to throw any of these out, but we do need to find a way to tie them all together, uh, and that's really key, especially as we pursue dollars for segments. Um, also want to report to my colleagues, uh, at least on the North South Greenway, gaps 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 uh, which is a lot of the gaps you see um, sort of north San Rafael and through Novato is mostly on the SMART right-of-way. Uh, about two years ago at SMART, we allocated uh, a total of $11 million to bring all of the remaining um, SMART multi-use pathway segments uh, up to 30% design drawings, permitting, and, and engineering uh, done. Uh, seven of that $11 million was all allocated in Novato uh, and uh, portions of North San Rafael. Um, so when you look at those, there's a lot of gaps, but uh, six of the 12, gaps seven through 12, are all in a design phase or higher. Um, and I know SMART plans to, once those designs are complete, to be able to 
um, consolidate those together to go after grants. Um, and, and we found success with that. So that will, will be a significant closure. There's no money for construction, but uh, some positive news for at least gaps seven through 12 and a lot of progress being made there. So all that to say, this is really exciting. We know what this leads to. And uh, I think TAM plays a critical role in keeping this work moving forward as a convener uh, of all of these different jurisdictions and bringing people together and, and really developing this as a true Marin County bike network. Um, so thank you, TAM staff, for getting us to this point. So I'll just close by thanking staff. I'll thank all the commissioner comments. I would have actually going to say everything Eric was going to say, except for the smart bit. I was not going to say that. Um, so I'll just be quiet and say thanks again to everyone for your participation, staff. And with that, we are adjourned. Oh, sorry. It said action. Wait, wait. Action. action. Oh, wait. Report. This is an action item. I'll, I'll, move. Item. I'll move we accept the report. First by Rodoni. Second. Toronto, all in favor? Aye. None opposed? Any opposed? No. Now we are adjourned. Okay. <clears throat>